Happy Friday to you and welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your week. It's been a fun week here at Locked on Grizzlies, setting the groundwork for what should be a very interesting offseason for this Memphis Grizzlies team after they've had a second straight year of exceeding expectations under Taylor Jenkins. On Monday, we talked about outlining the offseason with Joe Molinax. Tuesday gave a draft premiere, a start of the offseason draft premiere with Richard Stamen, a.k.a. Mavs draft, to get some names in the minds of Grizzlies fans to look out for in the draft. Though it's two months from now, still fun to talk about it. Wednesday, I talked about some important dates to put on your calendar to pinpoint when the Grizzlies might make some of their bigger decisions of the offseason. And yesterday, I discussed why the one big trade that many of us feel is going to eventually happen for the Grizzlies in terms of getting an established NBA star, why it may not necessarily happen this offseason. Well, today, I wanted to take a look at this season from a team perspective and look at how it set this version of the Grizzlies apart from the rest of the Grizzlies teams in franchise history. I'll do that in the first segment. And then the second and third segment, I'll look at how the what the Grizzlies' offensive rankings this year says about the team going forward. And in the third segment, I'll look at how their defensive rankings indicate what this team can, you know, what they're good at and what they can utilize going forward as well. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. My name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the Grizzlies for three years now with the wonderful folks at Grizzly Bear Blues, have been on, on Locked on Grizzlies as the host for 18 months. I do this because it combines so many passions of mine, talking about the NBA, the Grizzlies, sports in general, the opportunity to interact with others who are passionate about the Grizzlies, NBA, and sports. And this is the one place where every single day you can get the latest Grizzlies news perspective insights and honest truth when it comes to your Grizzlies every day, the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. do also want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra, at two, only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. So, obviously, this Grizzlies team, when it comes to their overall change, what sets this version of the Grizzlies, this Grizzlies next generation, what sets this version of the Grizzlies apart from previous versions of the Grizzlies? Under Taylor Jenkins, it was pretty clear right from the start, it was this Grizzlies team catching up with the NBA playing a more modern style of basketball that was certainly more in tune with the rest of the NBA than previous versions of the Grizzlies had been in the past. As we all know, the grit and grind era, it was uh, it, it was absolutely highlighted by slow pace, an inside-outside game, focusing on the twos, going through Marc Gasol and Zach Randolph, and obviously playing physical hard-nosed defense. It was basically zigging while the rest of the NBA was continuing to zag, and though it did work to an extent, it was hard to say that the philosophy was not limited as we got into the playoffs. Yes, we had some very competitive playoff series. Yes, we were on the verge of potentially beating the Golden State Warriors in the 14-15 season, who were the poster child of the NBA becoming more offensive and more focused on shooting. But at the end of the day, the grit and grind era, as successful as it was, it was hard to deny that there was a limit on what this that team's potential was because the game was becoming more modern. The game basically was going away from what was successful 
for the grit and grind era. Well, when Taylor Jenkins came from Mike Budenholzer's system, it was obvious that his focus was going to be to make this Grizzlies team more offensive, and he certainly has done that. In his two seasons with the Grizzlies, Coach Taylor Jenkins has established the both the second and third highest three-point field goal amounts that the Grizzlies have ever had. This year, the Grizzlies made 803 threes. Last year, they made 798 threes. Now, the Grizzlies' franchise record for most threes made in a season was the 2018-2019 season in which they made 811. So yes, the Grizzlies have continued to trend. You really saw the Grizzlies start to trend from being a defensive-oriented team to an offensive-oriented team in that 2018-2019 season. And so that was the start. So basically over the past four to five seasons now, that's when you've really seen this Grizzlies team become more offensive with their production. In several offensive categories, the the 2016-2017 season and so on, those five seasons make up a lot of the top five most productive offensive seasons in several categories. Three-pointers made, total points, so on and so forth. But the last two seasons have really stood apart in that they're the second and third season in which the Grizzlies have made the most threes, but yet both of these seasons, the Grizzlies have played nine and ten less games than they have compared to other seasons. So that's what stands out. The other thing that stands out is that this Grizzlies team also, in terms of the amount of assists that it produced in, in a single season, it last year it produced 1,965 total assists in only 73 games, This, which was the most in franchise history. This season, it produced 1,938 assists in 72 games. So last season, we produced the highest assist number we ever have totaled in a season. This year, we were fourth, but the reason why was because we played one last game. At the end of the day, both shooting the ball from three and passing the ball have been the two areas where we have taken significant steps, and that's highlighted even more so when it comes to our assists and three-pointers per game. This season, the Grizzlies set a franchise record for the most three-pointers per game in a single season. They made 11.2 three-pointers per game this year. Last year, they made 10.9. The year before, they made 9.9. As a matter of fact, so if you take the last five years from 2016 to 2017, going through this year, the 2020-2021 season, those five seasons are the seasons in which the Grizzlies have averaged the most three-pointers per game in franchise history. In all five of those seasons, the Grizzlies averaged more than nine threes per game and got above 11 for the first time in franchise history in a single season this year. Before the 2016-2017 season, the highest the Grizzlies had ever, the most threes the Grizzlies had ever made per game was 7.6. So that's why you've seen an offensive transformation happen over the past five years for this Grizzlies team, and it's really accelerated over the past two years. But it's not just in three-point shooting. When it comes to assists per game, the Grizzlies have averaged exactly 26.9 assists per game 
in each of the past two seasons. Taylor Jenkins has established this Grizzlies team as being one of the better passing teams in the league. Before Taylor Jenkins came into play, the Grizzlies' best mark for assists per game in a season was 23.9 assists per game. That's a huge leap forward. Since Taylor Jenkins came into the fold, this Grizzlies team averaged 23.9 assists twice in franchise history, and then when he comes in the fold, the Grizzlies are regularly producing just under 27 assists per game. That's how more productive the Grizzlies have been when it comes to passing and staying offensively consistent in order to score points, and the end result certainly stands out as well. The Grizzlies also set a new franchise record this season for points per game, 113.3 points per game. Last year, they averaged 112.6 points per game. But this is the area where Taylor Jenkins has made clearly the biggest difference. The Grizzlies averaged 113.3 points per game this year, 112.6 points per game last year. Take those two seasons out of the equation. The highest the Grizzlies had ever averaged per game in a single season in terms of points before the past two years, 103.5 points per game. To put it into perspective, during the peak of the Grizzlies franchise, which was the grit and grind era, they averaged 100.5, or excuse me, 100.5 points only once. During the Grit and Grind era, and that was the last year, that 2016-2017 season. This season, the Grizzlies averaged 12.8 more points per game. 12.8 more points per game than any season during the Grit and Grind era. That's how much of a difference this version of the Grizzlies is than that version of the Grizzlies when it comes to offensive production. And it had to happen, right? We had to, in some way, shape, or form, we still we still are certainly a long ways away from being elite offensively in terms of today's NBA, but we at least are within range now. But that's the difference. Over a five-year span, this Grizzlies team has gone from averaging 100.5 points per game to 113.3 points per game. And that's the impact that Taylor Jenkins has had. But the thing about it is this, is that it is clear Taylor Jenkins has certainly established a different and needed version of basketball, of a basketball philosophy for the Memphis Grizzlies. But it is still going to take a while for them truly to be elite when it comes to their offensive production. Coming up, Going to take a look at where the Grizzlies ranked in several key areas offensively this year and what it could mean for this offseason in terms of specific skill sets for them to target, for them to continue to improve offensively as we head into the future. Before we dive into the Grizzlies' offensive production this season, wanted to remind everyone of our Michelob Ultra moment of the week. And typically we can go back through the rest of this season, through the playoffs, whatever have you, and pick out a moment. But in this situation, I do think it's a moment off the court that happened this past week that really stands out to me as being worthy of being an ultra moment. And that is 
the commitment that the franchise made to Zach Kleiman and he made to the franchise with his long-term extension. It may not seem to be that big of a deal, but it really is significant, not only because it means Zach Kleiman is committed to making the most of what he's done so far in Memphis. He mentioned that a week ago in the exit interviews. His full goal, his pro number one priority, is bringing Memphis's first NBA championship. And not only is that commitment there, but this long-term commitment also means that it'll keep the Sharks away in terms of other more marquee markets possibly trying to target Kleiman as it's moving on to them. It was a great commitment to see from both the Grizzlies and Kleiman, and it means both the franchise and Kleiman himself fully believe in what we have going on because there's so much joy, happiness, and excitement that is around right now because of the success this Grizzlies team has had over the past few years, and that creates happiness when it comes to this Grizzlies team as a roster, a coaching staff, a front office, as well as a fan base moving forward. But I can tell you this, if you're one that enjoys watching Grizzlies games, do it with the Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Part of the opportunity for the Grizzlies to eventually get to where they want to be as a sustainable winner and hopefully championship contender is enjoying the journey to get there, which we clearly see every single time this team takes the court and we get to talk with them about how special this team is. Make sure the next time you enjoy the Grizzlies, you enjoy it with a nice glass of Michelob Ultra. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. As I mentioned, compared to previous iterations of this Memphis Grizzlies team in previous years over the past you know, 26 years they've been in existence, one of the things that's really stood out is that you know the Grizzlies, when it comes to their offense, they have been one of the least productive three-point shooting teams, and when they were at their best, it was because of their ability to play defense in the past. There's been a clear step forward when it comes to catching up with the rest of the NBA when it comes to this Grizzlies offensive approach. But the thing is this, is that the Grizzlies themselves still overall, it's going to take time before they truly emerge as being one of the better offensive teams in the NBA. Because even though they've made significant and clear strides in terms of the franchise being more productive offensively than uh, previous versions of itself have been, they still are certainly a work in progress when it comes to the rest of the league. But this year did show some good progress in that this Grizzlies team was able to score more simply because they were more efficient when it came to their offensive approach. That's what I mentioned coming into the season. If this Grizzlies team wanted to make the playoffs in 2021, they were going to have to do three things. They were going to have to shoot the three better, defend the three better, and make less mistakes. As we'll see in the in this segment and the third segment, in my opinion, they did two of those three things better, and that's why it resulted in the playoffs. But overall, this Grizzlies team in this season compared to last. In the 2019-2020 season, the Memphis Grizzlies had a 108.7 offensive rating, which was good for 21st in the NBA. This year, their offensive rating was 111.7, a significant improvement in their overall offensive production, and they jumped up from 21st to 15th in offensive rating. 
Another place that stood, another area that stood out was that the Grizzlies last year were sixth in field goals attempted per game. This year, they were second. They went from 90.8 field goals attempted per game in the 1920 season to 91.8 field goals attempted per game this season. But a couple of other areas where it clearly shows the Grizzlies became more efficient. They did better at limiting mistakes, which truly showed, especially at the beginning and end of the year. During the 2019-2020 season, this Grizzlies team, they committed 15.2 turnovers per game, 23rd in the NBA. They committed 21.2 fouls per game, which was 18th in the NBA. That was in the 1920 season. This season, the Grizzlies committed nearly two less turnovers per game. They committed 13.3 turnovers per game compared to 15.2 the previous year. They jumped from 23rd in the league in turnovers committed per game to 10th in the league this season. They also committed nearly two and a half less fouls per game and jumped from 18th in the league in fouls committed per game to 9th this past season. So the Grizzlies did a very good job. They made a significant improvement in limiting their mistakes, and that allowed for them to have more scoring opportunities, and thus the boost when it comes to their offensive rating. The Grizzlies stayed consistent between 19 and 20 and 20 and 21 in the fact that they were among the league's best at scoring in the paint passing the basketball when it came to producing assists, points off of turnovers, fast break points, another area where they really gained production because of just how awesome Jonas Valanciunas was this year was second chance points. The Grizzlies really validated that they were one of the more productive teams when it comes to scoring in the paint and two-pointers and in the hustle extra effort stats. That has been the identity of this team, and obviously it gives them a floor to work off of when it comes to their approach off each game. But obviously this is an era where the three-point shot matters, and it matters very much. If you want any indication of that, look at what made the difference in the playoff series against the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz absolutely shredded the Grizzlies when it came to three-point production. That's why whenever the Grizzlies tried to make a comeback effort, the Jazz were there to make a big three. They were just so more much more consistent and confident with their three-point shots than the Grizzlies were, and that's what made the difference. And that's where the Grizzlies are going to have to continue to improve. Now, obviously, personnel-wise, there was improvement. Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton, Desmond Bain all emerged as very good three-point shooting sources. John Morant got better as the season went along. Kyle Anderson obviously had the best three-point shooting production of his career. Dylan Brooks became, you know, pretty reliable from three on opportunities, especially in the second half. So the personnel on an individual level did improve. But on a team level, there was not that much improvement. There was improvement but not that much more. The Grizzlies basically went from averaging 10.9 threes per game on 34.7% in the 2019-2020 season to averaging 11.2 threes on 35.6% in the 2020 season. But specifically, it's the type of three-point opportunities that the Grizzlies were able to get. And an area where they improved 
was an area where they were towards the bottom of the league. They still are towards the bottom of the league right now, but there was improvement when it came to the Grizzlies creating their own shots. But when you think of three-point opportunities, there wasn't that much of an improvement for the Grizzlies overall despite individuals getting better at shooting the three. The reason why that is is because when it came to catch-and-shoot three-point opportunities, in 2019-2020, the Grizzlies made 8.5 catch-and-shoot three-pointers per game. They they That was good for 36.6% and an effective field goal percentage of 54.1% on catch-and-shoot opportunities overall. In 2020-2021, the only thing that changed was that the Grizzlies made slightly less. They made 36.3%. So despite the fact that DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain and others overall improved themselves, there was really not any type of change in the Grizzlies' ability to shoot the ball when it came to three point when it came to catch and shoot three-point opportunities. Their assists were finding folks but the Grizzlies really did not improve in their rate of making threes, and they still are towards the bottom of the league. They're Typically, they're ranking somewhere around 23rd to 26th when it comes to three points made off catch-and-shoot opportunities, three-point percentage, and effective field goal percentage. The Grizzlies are still among the worst in the league when it comes to producing threes off assists. One area, though, where the Grizzlies did slightly improve when it came to shooting the threes, was doing it by creating their own shot on pull-up opportunities. In the 1920 season, the Grizzlies made 2.3 pull-up threes per game. They were 29.3% on pull-up three percentage, the worst in the league, and had an effective field goal percentage of 43.1 on pull-up opportunities overall. This season, the Grizzlies still only made 2.3 pull-up threes per game, but they improved to 32.1% on pull-up threes, a significant improvement on pull-up threes, and their effective field goal percentage improved to 44.3%. So it's not necessarily that it was a significant improvement, but there was a bit better production when it came to the accuracy this Grizzlies team was able to find on their own threes. So overall, this Grizzlies team has become more effective. They've become more efficient in terms of their overall offensive approach in the 2020-21 season compared to the previous season. But they still have a lot of work to do in order to become a good and reliable three-point shooting team. Before the Grizzlies can really take that next step, their ability to shoot the three is going to have to continue to improve. This team knows that. They've got the pieces. They've started to make the personnel available to do that. Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton's improvement, hopefully Jaw and Dylan's improvement in the second half of the season. Hopefully all of those are sustainable, and if they are over a full season, that'll certainly help. So the Grizzlies are starting to put the pieces together, but the numbers certainly show they still have quite a bit of work in progress to get where they want to get offensively, especially shooting from distance, to not only make the playoffs, but to advance in the next few seasons. But it's not just about shooting the three. It's about the defense against the three and defense overall. And that's where at times the Grizzlies shine this year. Coming up, I'm going to look at some defensive numbers that certainly support some encouraging signs from this Grizzlies defense, but also some areas where they can improve going forward when it comes to defending the basketball. 
the NBA and NHL playoffs continue to be full of fun and exciting moments. The baseball season is coming up on the All-Star break, so it's getting into more exciting games itself. You've got soccer, MMA, the Olympics coming up. So many sports to enjoy, and if wagering and betting is part of what makes you enjoy sports, got the one place that has you covered, and that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action Regardless of what sports you enjoy, baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on when you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Obviously, the summer is right around the corner, and of course, that means that many of us are going to spend time more outside, and of course, if you're going to be outside, you probably want to be in as good a shape as you possibly can be. Now, we'd all love to run 10 miles or bike 50 miles or whatever it may be that you enjoy doing outside. You may not want to do it during the summer, but in general, but also being able to stay healthy, it also requires for you to be able to commit to a daily routine when it comes to what you eat, and that includes healthy snacks. One of the best tasting healthy snacks out there is the best tasting protein bar on the market, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can have it in the morning for breakfast, in the afternoon as a snack, before or after a workout. And the great thing about it is that if you go to BuiltBar.com, you put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. If you make Built Bar a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. Go to BuiltBar.com slash LOCKED15, or BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, does a college football playoff expansion hurt Notre Dame? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to have a fun week next week on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. On Monday, I will have a fellow Locked On Grizzlies host to discuss a few potential trade candidates for the Grizzlies. Not going to name the name of who the host is. No, we spoke yesterday about how the one big trade may not happen this offseason, but that doesn't mean opportunities shouldn't be explored. We'll talk to him about the development of the franchise he covers as well as some potential trade talks as well, if it makes sense. That's on Monday. And then next week, we'll also have a few other guests outlining the offseason, continuing to talk about what the Grizzlies should really focus on when it comes to building off this season. And we'll also start our player review series from the 2020-2021 season. All that and much more next week on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. But in the final segment of today's show, I want to talk about the Grizzlies defense. And the thing about it is this, is that something that I, when looking at the numbers for the Grizzlies defense this year, I had to do four separate takes on some of the numbers that I looked at because the Grizzlies defense this year, in terms of where it ranked in the NBA, improved across the board. But the thing is, is that it improved across the board without actually improving at all. The individual numbers for the Grizzlies, the the numbers for the Grizzlies themselves as a team, hardly moved at all between the 2019-2020 season and this past season, but their ranks actually got significantly better. It could be an indication that the league as a whole was just better offensively 
during the 2021 season compared to the 2019-20 season. And of course, that makes sense, you know, with how odd the 19-20 season was. But for example, here's what I mean. In the 2019-20 season, the Grizzlies had a def- team defensive rating of 109.7, which was 14th in the NBA. In 2020, in the 2020-2021 season, their defensive rating actually got worse. It went from 109.7 to 110.5, but they were seventh in the NBA in defensive rating. So they their defensive rating got worse, but they actually moved up seven spots in terms of where they ranked in the NBA. It continues on when it came to the ability, the Grizzlies' ability to defend the three. In the 2019-2020 season, the Grizzlies allowed 12.9 threes made from opponents per game, and they allowed opponents to shoot 36.5% from three. That ranked 23rd and 24th respectively in the NBA. In the 2020-2021 season, the Grizzlies, just like the year before, allowed 12.9 threes per game, and they allowed 36.7% of threes to be made from their opponents. They got a little bit worse. But after ranking 23rd and 24th in 2019-2020, the Grizzlies ranked 18th in both three-pointers allowed per game and three-point field goal percentage allowed on the season. So the Grizzlies' three-point defense basically remained almost exactly the same, but they significantly improved in the rankings. Turnovers were the same thing. The Grizzlies forced 14.8 turnovers in the 2019-20 season and 14.8 turnovers last season. But they went from being 12th in the NBA during the 2019-2020 season to 7th in the NBA in the 2021 season. So one thing is teams could have turned the ball over less, and it makes sense because this past year, the Grizzlies averaged 9.1 steals per game, tied for the best in the NBA. In the 1920 season, they averaged 7.9 steals, which was 12th in the NBA. So the Grizzlies did get a bit better when it came to causing issues for teams through deflections and through steals. But across the board, the Grizzlies' defense really remained the same last year as it did in Taylor Jenkins' first year. As a matter of fact, it actually got slightly worse. But overall, in terms of where it ranked in the NBA, it got significantly better. So that's not necessarily a negative thing. It's a good thing that the Grizzlies were able to maintain some defensive success since Taylor Jenkins has arrived. But when you look at the numbers and where they ranked in the NBA for the Grizzlies, you would think that the numbers significantly improved from his first to his second year, and they didn't. Again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the bigger takeaway from this year, as I tweeted about it earlier in the regular season, I talked about it on the podcast as well. The Grizzlies have ranked in the have been one of the better defensive teams in the league at separate times during the regular season for separate reasons. In January, it was because they and in the first half of the season, it was because they were the best team in the NBA when it came to creating turnovers and steals. They were opportunistic. In the second half of the season, especially March and April in early April, it was their ability to defend the three that allowed for them to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. And as we continued on, the you know, especially in those games against Steph Curry, against the Spurs, so on and so forth, game one of the playoff series against the Jazz, it was the defense being both opportunistic and disciplined to defend the three. And that's the whole key, is this Grizzlies' ability to be able to create 
um, turnovers and also defend the three well. If he can consistently do that, that's what's going to allow for it to, to take that next step defensively along with it hopefully taking that step offensively. The numbers show there's an overwhelming success when the Grizzlies both create turnovers and they defend the three. If they can consistently do that on a regular basis, in fact, under Taylor Jenkins over the past two seasons, when the Grizzlies force their opponents to commit 13 or more turnovers while also limiting their opponents to 12 or less threes in a game, the Grizzlies have done that 36 times since Taylor Jenkins took over as head coach. They are 24-12 and 12 when they do that. So over the past two seasons, the Grizzlies have been forcing 14.8 turnovers per game, and they have been allowing 12.9 turnovers per game. But the thing about it is, is that if they can force their opponents to get into the teens when it comes to their opponents committing turnovers, but also keep their opponents out of the teens when it comes to limiting threes, you obviously see how successful that is. That's why the abilities, the Grizzlies' ability to be both opportunistic and disciplined is so important to their success long-term because that's what's going to allow for them to not only allow for their defense to turn into offense, but it's also what's going to allow for them to create the needed advantage when it comes to the three because that's what stood out in the Utah series. Without Donovan Mitchell, the, the Jazz struggled shooting from three and the Grizzlies were able to commit turnovers. They did not have as big of a deficit when it came to the three-point shooting, and they were able to create a bigger deficit when it came to creating turnovers and obviously getting the advantage when it came to the overall amount of shots that they could take. So that's the big key for this Grizzlies defense. They maintained a consistency, and it shows that their consistency in these areas are continuing to trend towards being among, you know, towards, you know, towards league average or better. If the Grizzlies can, uh, going forward, if the Grizzlies can uh, cause their opponents to commit turnovers at a rate of about 14, 15 or more turnovers per game, and they can prevent their opponents from getting in the teams from hitting 13 or more threes, that's going to give them a huge boost going forward when it comes to their ability to win games. And this season showed a better job of the Grizzlies being able to do that as time went on. So offensively and defensively, though there wasn't really that much of a difference, the Grizzlies did at least stay consistent. And when a year when the Grizzlies, when it seems like overall the NBA was more offensively effective, the Grizzlies' success at at least staying consistent showed up in the box score to allow for them to make some offensive progression as well as basically maintaining, you know, their defensive success. As time goes on, this team will continue to improve as the individual players on the roster improve, but we certainly do see that the Grizzlies still maintain a need to shoot the three and defend the three better. If they can eventually continue to find the formula that will allow for them to be able to do that, and that's through individual improvements from their young roster, as well as continuing to tweak the roster by adding talents that help out in both those areas, 
If the Grizzlies can do those things and they can find a few more pieces that can really positively impact those specific areas over the next few years, that's really going to be an area where as that improves, the overall ability of this team to win, make the playoffs, and advance will improve as well. Thank you so much for joining this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hope that you have a great weekend. We will be back with you on Monday talking trades with another fellow Locked on Podcast Network host. Really looking forward to that. Don't forget to find the show at Locked on Grizzlies, myself at Stats SAC, wherever you find the podcast. That's where we will be. My name is Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure. Have a great weekend. Enjoy playoff basketball. And we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.